Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I've been going through... I don't really have a fun opening, actually. I thought I'd have something more fun that if I just kept talking, it would happen, but it didn't happen. I'm Luke Bailey. Are you saying that nothing fun has happened to you in the last week? No, all kinds of fun things have happened, but those are personal things that I wouldn't bring up on the show. You know, nothing, nothing like interesting for other people. Okay. What about you? Anything happened to you interesting? Oh, I should, I should, I should recap from the last episode. Uh, I went to the LCD Sound System show. (laughs) (laughs) Was it good? God, it was great. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. They're such a good live band. Uh, I mean, this probably should go in content we consumed, but I might as well talk about it now because it became a whole thing. We're talking about the Discord and stuff. But um, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Let's get into the show first. Okay. Okay, so Luke, uh, how was the LCD Sound System concert? Did they let you in when you showed them your board ape that you own? No, I mean, honestly, watching the, those clips of the them at the NFT conference and being like clearly sad and bored, and everyone watching them like not basically not really knowing who they are, and then being in an audience of people who were all like incredibly committed to the band and and being there was like it was just a reminder of like oh no no they're a good band they have taken a load of money from this nft thing to play a show that they don't care about because this probably funded the entire week that they're spending in london or or whatever like i I don't know i kind of came out i was like oh no it's fine they're still do you know um brixton academy i don't know if you've been to went to a show there i don't know if i have either but i am familiar with the venue yes Sure. So yeah, it's it's a good venue, but it has this line on the floor, uh, which up here is is basically right near the back by the drinks things between the the the, the bars at the back and the uh, like the, the engineers booth. And it's always kind of like a measure for me, like if a band can get the people behind the line dancing because it's really far back. And in this particular one, it was like oh, I see. everyone yeah. behind the line was dancing as well, and it was like. It was just a very, very fun show. Um, they do already, they, they are uh, like the best band at managing lights I think I've ever seen. Inc- like their light shows are incredible. Oh, like they, I like, wonder. Again, this is the problem with the NFT thing. They were outside and they don't make any sense outside. They're not a band who should exist in daylight. Well, I mean, I should, well, in daylight, I would agree with you, but I, I should remind you that one of their most iconic performances is an outside live performance. Yeah, but they're not a band that makes sense. I'm sorry, I don't think that makes sense outside. No, I agree with you. I think they are they are a club act. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like kind of where their music was created. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever hear about the James Murphy drink that they had? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he did. A, there was a, the period after LCD Sound System did a farewell show ten years ago. <laughs> since when they have played far more shows than they've played beforehand. So okay, I I just googled this. I as an American do not feel comfortable saying the full name of this drink. But it is called the Irish C word, okay? <laughs> okay. And apparently, James Murphy used to give Nancy Wang 
this drink to help her with her stage anxiety. And it's Jameson Irish whiskey and champagne mixed together. And that was like the drink that they would, they would drink, which is not super different than a drink I had heard of in the UK called class war, which is Buckfast and alcoholic (laughs) wine from Scotland mixed with champagne. But the whiskey and champagne combo just feels too much. I mean, I should point out Buckfast is technically Belgian. Uh, although it's produced in, I think, Dorset and just it's consumed a lot in uh, Scotland. Oh, it's not a Scot- it's not I didn't know that. Scotland. It's it's just yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm pro LCD system. They're very extreme pretentious. Like he comes on with like a glass of wine and then goes, "Oh, I've, I've brought my glass of wine on my ex." It's like, buddy. But who among us? I mean, that's also like if we ever did another live show. I drank beer at our last live show, but I think I would drink wine steadily throughout our next live show. I think we should do champagne. I think we should just both have a flute of champagne. I hate champagne, man. It gives me such a bad headache, but a flute of champagne is funny. Yeah, exactly. It's extremely I would funny. agree with that. Like a flute of champagne or like one of those one of those cocktails uh, with like a, a goblet glass that goes in and back out again uh, with like, what with about, like a, a large what about slice a of beer pipe. helmet. <laughs> So I'm thinking like a beer helmet with two wine bottles. That in. would be good. It'd be extremely heavy, but I think it would be funny. Or, no, you could do plastic airplane bottles of wine in the beer helmet. That would also be good. Okay, there's a lot of yeah. ideas. A and lot of ideas. We could have someone reload me throughout the show. That'd be really good. So now that we've caught up with uh, Luke's ongoing uh, – experience of going to different concerts, which has become like a segment on their show over the last couple months. This week, we're going to be talking about a very curious Twitter account that caused a little bit of a stir uh, on our favorite website this week. It's called BNN Newsroom, and it was accused of all kinds of nefarious things. But we're going to take a look at how this weird little uh, Twitter operation works, why it works, why it's become so popular, and kind of break down all the drama surrounding the BNN newsroom this week. But before we get to that, Luke, you wanted to talk about Mr. Beast, the crazy rich uh, YouTube child, correct? I mean, so I've been fascinated by Mr. Beast over the last few weeks because there was there was a piece uh, written in, oh, I'm going to say Insider... Yes, it was Insider. The name of the piece, uh, which is by uh, Tanya Chen uh, and some other people, uh, the paywall's just come up, so I can't tell you exactly what it was. But the <laughs> the headline of it was... Good for supporting journalism, Luke. Uh, the great. headline of it was, In Greenvale, Everyone Has a Mr. Beast Story. And basically, his town in North Carolina, Greenville, like, is where all his stuff is based, which I kind of didn't realize. I assumed he would be in LA now, and he's not. Me too, yeah. He stayed in North Carolina. He is, does most of his videos in North Carolina, where he just gives away money so he's essentially just this like local millionaire like randomly giving out money to everyone near him which is fun like it's fun but also reading i was kind of again with all of these people if you don't spend any time looking at them you assume that they're awful right well i would assume that the kid that tried to create squid game but for real would be awful right but i actually think he's not and I've, I've, I, I, the more I read him, the more I'm convinced. I'm like, I think he's okay. I think he's a good one. Well, I will say in my experience of interviewing different creators at different levels over the years, I will say that like at the bottom of the creator tier, usually they're very genuine and like nice people. Then in the middle to upper tier, they're extremely cynical and kind of like, kind of the, kind of like the devil. Yeah. And then if you get to the upper, upper, upper tier, you do start to find that most of them are actually just genuine because it turns out that like you can't really be an evil psycho 
like hiding your motives at that level for that long. Like it just requires too much work to become that popular on the internet that eventually like it kind of circles back around again. And that's, that maybe could be what's happening with Mr. Beast, which is that he's just like, so, you know, he's just a very authentic, eccentric, rich person at this point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, he has a bunch of other stuff tied into it, but this is very much what he's, what he spoke about in his VidCon thing, which he, uh, basically he did a panel with him and, YouTube's director of discovery. So, you know, a little bit, you know, in, in the ecosystem. But the thing that he said a bunch of times was like, just don't think about the algorithm and think about the um, the audience, which I think is true because I don't think, I don't, it's very weird to watch people kind of blame the algorithm or try and hack the algorithm and all that stuff. And there obviously are hacks you can do to this stuff. But at the same time, Ultimately, and I th- again, I think Mr. Beast is right here. His real name is Jimmy Donaldson, which is a very normal name. Very normal name, yeah. Yeah, his his thing is like, you know, yeah, you should do more short-form video. There's extra bits and pieces you can do to like make reward what the algorithm is looking for right now. But ultimately, your thing is think about the audience, not the algorithm, and it'll work better. Like, don't post at 3 a.m. in your way or most of your audience are because they're not going to be there to see it. So, and like that does make sense. If you don't have to think about that as an algorithm, then a than an audience thing. Yeah, I just thought it was very interesting. I think that's true. I mean, like you and I have both over the years met people who are incredibly viral. And some of those people prided themselves on not believing or caring about the viral content that they were creating. Yeah. And just sort of trying to like game people's attention spans. And I knew many people who did that work for eight years. You know, I knew many people who would just sort of like cynically try to make content that went viral. But I've also met a lot of people who, you know, they just realized that their tastes and opinions fit raw engagement platforms or figured out how to express themselves in ways that were favored by, you know, platforms like YouTube or Facebook. And the people who went at it in a genuine way, they are still doing it seemingly happily. Whereas the people I knew who were doing it very cynically and very cutthroat, they don't do that stuff anymore. They don't seem to be like churning out content to go viral anymore. Yeah, exactly. They're they're doing a, they're doing a very different thing. And yeah, I think that the people who are very good at it, I think there are a bunch of people actually who think that the game and the algorithm and are actually just working and actually focusing on the audience. And they're like, hey, I figured out that the algorithm really likes these videos about things. It's like, no, 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 the people watching them like it. That's the thing that's helpful here. Yes. Yeah, there's often a misunderstanding. I I do know a couple YouTubers who have figured out a trick that I think is kind of part of this, which is like a lot of YouTubers who do content that can't be monetized very well. So like musicians, uh, certain like very weird comedians, what they'll do is they'll build a large Patreon of like a thousand to two thousand people and then they'll make content and immediately notify their Patreon patrons to give them that like built in boost of people, uh, which I think is a much healthier way of doing it than like grinding for random thumbnail clicks. And I don't, I don't get the sense that Mr. Beast is doing that. I sort of suspect he's just figured out that like uh, he apparently people he said in this thing like every uh, few months he goes back and updates all of his old thumbnails to make sure that they are like optimized correctly. So there's bits like that which are very, very scientific and very aggressive. But he's ultimately like. The whole point is you're trying to sell us what, what the video is about. I don't know. I think he's a really interesting guy and one of those people who I think is probably a lot more interesting than 
you would assume him to be from what you know of him as in like the 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 atmosphere. Yeah, I I also just think like you know it it's a bummer that uh, his Squid Game didn't kill anyone. <laughs> didn't, yeah, it, there's no stakes. You know, would have been much better with higher stakes. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think we're not far away from that. But I mean, what's also interesting is that like, well, I mean, Netflix are making it. They're making the real Squid Game. Netflix are making real Squid Game. Which yeah, is, which is, you know, one of the show you. It is the peak snake eating its own tail. Like Netflix make a fictional show, someone rips it off to make a real version, and then they rip that rip off to make another fic, a, 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 a real version of the fictional show based on some madness. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Hi there, it's Ryan from the future. This week we are talking about a Twitter network called BNN Breaking. We really struggled to figure out what was going on with this thing, and you're going to hear us really slam our heads against the wall trying to understand what is happening with this network of Twitter accounts. Luckily for you, uh, some developments happened right after we finished recording this week. So you can listen to all of our frustrated investigative work and then stick around at the end. I will come back on and I will give you all a very interesting update about the latest with regard to these accounts and what has happened since Luke and I first recorded this. Enjoy the show. So for those of you who listen to the show and aren't on Twitter all day, a Twitter user named Durky Towner tweeted a very large thread about a Twitter operation called BNN Newsroom. And then Durky Towner made their account private, so you can't see any of the thread anymore. And the owner of this Twitter operation, BNN Newsroom, whose name is Gurbaksh Singh Chalal, tweeted eh, some vague threat some vague legal threats about it chalal tweeted i'm aware of three media companies at least that have hired trolls slash paid mainstream media companies to start another campaign by reporting bnn accounts then he added the legal policy and trust lead at twitter saying uh, since you don't respond to emails perhaps explain why your platform allows trolls to actually dictate how news works then chalal tweeted at elon musk writing i hope you close the deal like everyone else and i hope that you can address this issue then chalal wrote i intend to get a response publicly so that i can demonstrate twitter's behavior for a lot of different purposes. I'm sure Elon Musk and the rest of the world will be interested to learn how they've been running this ship. It only took a group of larger media companies to hire trolls to bring down a new incumbent by creating a false narrative for an extreme left-wing audience using a tweet from another extreme right-wing politician to get people to go to a random meme profile. So many of these words are in quotes, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'll spare you breaking that <laughs> down. But then Chalal finished writing, read up on this extreme politician. They don't 
like and then use that as ammunition to trash my media company, myself, my tech companies, my foundation, all in the hopes that they unfollow BNN breaking. We lost 6,000 followers as a result of this. Much more than that, it was a, it was the damage done, the fake news nonsense I had to put up with. I expected this from them. I just didn't expect people to be so stupid as to trust a profile with no name or picture. What Chalal's talking about is that in this original thread, which you can no longer read, uh, Durkee Towner highlighted the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene had shared a BNN tweet. Yeah. That was kind of the inciting incident about this. So what has kind of – I'm doing all this because I want to make sure that we don't <laughs> – we don't have a legal team, so I'm trying to be as <laughs> above board about this as possible. But basically, people are now accusing – BNN newsroom of being fake news sort of, but like in a way that like, I, I honestly can't totally follow what they think is happening and why it's nefarious. So Luke, can, can you kind of take it from here and sort of, sort of sketch yeah. that out? Cause I'm, I, I'm, I, it's one of those things where everyone on Twitter has decided that like, this is a really bad thing and it must be a bad thing and there must be something done about it. But like, it's all a little amorphous. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have been, I've seen BNN newsroom around for like a very long time. It's kicked around for ages. Yeah. And it's always been one of those things that looks like, to be honest, I always had assumed that it was a regional news outlet in English from somewhere else. Like, I didn't know whether it was from yeah. you know, uh, the Philippines or from Nigeria or whatever it was from. But it was just like, it was from somewhere else. And it was like they were doing a, a regional news outlet, but doing it openly and i kind of didn't realize how big it got which is you know it's three hundred thousand followers and as far as i can tell they are mostly like real followers uh a lot of people who are broadly i, I wouldn't say yeah there's a lot of respect to people there's a lot of you know news nerds who follow them so they're, they're not like a, a something that only exists like offline people are just like here is a thing i would describe what they actually do as essentially a wire feed like it's but that's what it's closest to, in that it doesn't add a lot of context. It doesn't link a lot. Like it doesn't link a lot at all. It does in a bunch of different languages, because this is the other weird thing that they have like a hundred plus accounts, as far as I can tell, a lot of them in different languages. But it's not I think the best thing to judge these Twitter accounts by is the standards of British tabloids. Like that is that is like a, the level. Before you move on, I would compare it to Walter Bloomberg. Do you know about Walter Bloomberg? Oh, he's the guy who just tweets the Bloomberg terminal. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy. His 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 account name is Delta One, but his his display name is Walter Bloomberg, <laughs> and uh, he has a website which is WalterBloomberg.com, which is like infinitely funny to me. And basically the deal is with Walter Bloomberg is that he has a Bloomberg terminal and he just tweets out everything in the Bloomberg terminal and he has half a million followers and you know, it's fairly useful, but BNN newsroom was kind of running a similar operation on its main account, which was, you know, you, you go through it and it's just news without any real sourcing or linking sometimes some images, sometimes some videos but it's just it's like one of those accounts that like a lot of people were running five, six, seven years ago. It's 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 like a, a breaking news account, as you said. Yeah, I, it's it, it, which makes it very hard to put kind of a, a thing on like why it's odd and off. I mean, it's it's very similar to politics for all 
Like that is the number one thing that jumps out as a comparison to me. So do a brief recap of Politics for All for people who haven't been religiously listening to this show for many years. Yeah, so Politics for All was basically an account that started a few years ago, uh, and over the pandemic it became quite successful. It was run by an 18, 19-year-old who just was interested in news and found a way to... I don't say hack because that's not quite... Well, it was growth hacking, basically. He found a way to growth hack a news account, which was broadly by reading other people's stuff, taking the best line, stripping the link out because you always do the link afterwards. And this is the thing that um, BNN Newsroom does the same thing. They say, here is the news, and they don't. Put, they never link. It's always just a, a, native, a native tweet, uh, which Politics for All always said was a algorithmic thing on 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 twitter's behalf like they just they they uh, inherently suppress those i think it's the opposite i think it's an audience thing it is a people prefer those tweets but like if you do a solo tweet that has you know 25 words in it it's going to have less context it's going to be uh more reliable because you you don't have as much stuff there. you don't have any nuance you don't have an article to link to or anything like that so yeah it does do better but is probably you could make the case is uh less informative and yeah, and then Politics for All, uh, earlier this year, uh, start of January, got uh, banned by Twitter for reasons that are still, uh, honestly, a little bit murky. There seems to be some in some accusation of spam, some accusations of like illegitimate cross-promotion, but it's very, very hard to see a reason why break BNN Newsroom should exist and Politics for All shouldn't, because they are, they're just very similar. Right, right. They are almost identical in operation, except for the BNN newsroom scale is just much, much higher. And what's also really interesting is that like, while the BNN newsroom accounts are fairly innocuous, the CEO of the company, the the guy who runs these accounts, Chalal, he allegedly assaulted his girlfriend 117 times. He spent a year in jail and he spends most of his, and this is according to a Guardian report from 2016, which he's been trying to get the website to take down, uh, I should point out. And he's just been sort of like extremely, extremely aggressive on Twitter to anyone who questions what he's doing, which is not any less scammy than anything else on Twitter, which I think is really interesting. And in fact, when Marjorie Taylor Greene shared uh, a BNN breaking tweet. They then uh, earlier uh, this week, they then quote tweeted her and wrote, "BNN breaking does not support anything from Marjorie Taylor Greene in any way, shape, or form, as she has clearly incorporated our message into her own political agenda," which then got them uh, a bunch of blowback from right wing users. So now, like, n- no one's happy with them, which I find really interesting. Yeah, that was the uh, that is that is not how I would have handled that bluntly. <laughs> it's it, I mean. It, it's it's part of like what I would call the the Twitter rot, like the th- these accounts that have been on the site for almost a decade at this point, who have kind of survived through every iteration of what worked on Twitter, and most yeah. of them have cre- become like these bizarre, not quite media companies that just do huge numbers in weird pockets of the website and appear very successful, but like aren't, they're kind of just vaporware. Yeah. I mean, even vaporware is kind of like a hard way to describe it because it's, they are technically, no, maybe vaporware is a vapor news. Maybe, maybe that's the better way to describe it. Like it's but it's something like that where it's, they are, they technically exist, but they don't really, there's nothing, there's nothing to them. Like I I, I can't find evidence that, BNN newsroom is a newsroom. Like, I, I, there's no one, as far as I can tell, there's no one who seems to work there. 
um, which is yeah weird. But at the same time, like the entire thing appears to be be linked to. I mean, it's not quite clear what it's linked to, but uh, it, it's it's it's. I, I, I don't know. Like, okay, so if you go to, if you go to, so usually one of the things you can do here to figure out, like, okay, what is this place? Where does it exist? Who is running it? Is you literally can put it into LinkedIn and people, and it will pop up and be like, hey, this is this person has worked at these companies or these people work at this company. You can kind of get a sense of like, you know, if you see a hundred people there, you're like, okay, this is a very different situation to if you see none. But this one has like two, like it has a company. But the company claims to have 249 employees, but there's also a company on top of it, which like, I don't, the entire thing is 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 odd to the extent, like there's a lot of people at Amsterdam apparently based on it, but like on the one hand, there's absolutely no chance there are 250 people working for this company. So what, no. the f- what is this? I mean, so if you go to their, so on the, on the BNN breaking which is the BNN Newsroom Twitter account. It's kind of like their flagship Twitter account. It links to a website called BNN.network. Yeah. And BNN.network is a it's a website run by Medriva. It's like a healthcare company. They they it's uh it's a manufacturer for COVID-19 testing and vaccination products, as it describes itself. And if you go to its about page, which is BNN slash Madriva Newsroom, it sort of advertises itself as a coronavirus updates dashboard, which were very popular a couple of years ago at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. And it explains that it uh, it reports the news accurately and truthfully. It uh, gives the new the version of the news people want to hear. Uh, it says that their brand is evolving and responds to no one or nothing but data and facts. It has a massive section about Chalal, the founder. It says that Madriva is part of ProcureNet, which is a technology platform that produces in vitro testing equipment. Which incidentally has a has a, a London address, which appears to be also used by like 200 other companies. So it's either like a co-working space or a PO box effectively. Right. And then if you go to Chalal's LinkedIn page, it lists him as the CEO of ProcureNet, which links to the Gerbish Chalal uh, com website, which is like your typical guy who does business website. You know, it's just like pictures of him holding awards and talking on random stages and like uh, that thing that like rich guys have on their websites where it's like the logo of the news outlet that has profiled them, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a very big thing. I think we should do that for our website. And then like his site has like a link to buy his book, which is called The Dream, which is about like being a millionaire. It's like it's like your standard rich guy online thing. And he's got a Wikipedia page, which kind of says the same stuff. I had a bit of a dive into that Wikipedia page and the account that first set that Wikipedia page up and did a lot of stuff on it did not set up any other pages except one for Madriva, his corporation. And then a few years later, it attempted to do some other stuff and other Wikipedia moderators banned it for engaging in, in promotional activity. So that's an interesting little twist, isn't interesting it? Interesting little twist. Very surprising, that one. It's a curious little twist. Yeah, and so like, you know, you, you his... His uh, his Wikipedia page though is like you know it says that he was he was born in India. It's got a photo of him with Trump, but it's got a photo of him with Obama too. It's got a section about the domestic violence conviction, and it explains that he just 
he's started a bunch of different companies. Uh, I guess he became a millionaire after building an advertising network, uh, which he sold to a company called Value Click. So he's just been like one of these guys who's like existed in the mesh of the internet for years. And to me, it's like not surprising that he's running like an extremely vast media network on Twitter. And and to give you an example of how vast this is, so here here's what he's got. He's got BNN Breaking, BNN MG News, which is something, uh, BNN Newsroom, Madriva HT, BNN NU News, BNN, like one for each country. So like North Ireland, he's got one for like, there's so many of these yeah, and they're in all so different many, languages yeah. and they all look exactly the same. They all say that they're part of the Madriva uh, network, but then they're, they're all claiming that they're part of a different local account for Madriva, which doesn't exist. So like this one's like Madriva TZ, which doesn't exist and Madriva SG, which doesn't exist. So it's like, it's just like a, yeah, we always use this term, but it's a, it's a Russian nesting doll of various Twitter accounts within Twitter accounts within Twitter accounts. Like I, I would estimate he's got over a hundred BNN Twitter accounts. Yeah, there's a lot, and a lot of uh, the main account has a lot of followers, like three hundred thousand, and I can't really find any others that have anything above like a, f- a few hundred, essentially. Right. It's interesting to me that the main account is so big and the other ones aren't, which makes you think that like. There was a plan there. You know, we saw this with Ozzy, you know, when we went through Ozzy Media stuff where there was just like a ghost town of forgotten about social accounts across the internet, clearly because at some point they thought like they they wanted some kind of larger network. Yeah, they thought there was going to be more there and it kind of wasn't. This is so weird. This whole thing is, I don't don't 100% understand what he, I don't really know what he's trying to do here even. Right. That's the other thing that's interesting to me is I don't know. How, so typically with an operation like this, you would see some part of it being used to make money. You know, maybe they would reply to their own tweets and advertise a Telegram channel or dildos or Astro Lights or whatever it is. Yeah. But I don't see any attempt here to cash in on the virality. So like I'm looking at a video they posted yesterday of Emmanuel Macron telling Biden at the G7 summit that uh, the United Arab Emirates can't produce m- much more oil. And it's got, you know, a thousand retweets and that's it. There's no, there's no anything else here. There's, uh, I'm, it's just like videos and pictures and nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I think the number one thing here is, I think, okay, so here's what I think has happened. I think that this guy is a like a real person. Yeah, I would, he's a real person. I mean, he's he has. I've just I've found a piece from the Washington Post in 2014, which they've basically been through the White House visitor logs. Uh, so he has been to the White House twice under the in the Obama presidency, once in November 2011, once in December 2012. Uh, they both seem to have been holiday parties, which, as they say, included an audience of several hundred people. Uh, and he appears to also have met like Obama at other times. I think he is, broadly speaking, a person who has made some money from tech, not like an astonishing amount of money, like he is not a billionaire or anything, but he is, you know, a wealthy tech CEO. 
he has been through a few things. One of his companies, I think it is called, hang on, I saw this. Oh, Radium One. Okay. So he started one thing, he sold it, started another thing, he sold it, all of which were based around essentially programmatic advertising of, of various types. Some were pay-per-click, some were more performance-based, some were uh, behavioral targeting, but they had the same, the same gist. It was programmatic advertising. He launches Radium One in 2010, which is uh, a different online ad company. But this thing is intended to be around like subscribers, giving rewards, building loyalty, all that sort of stuff. But then it flips after a few years into being essentially another programmatic thing. But at the same time, it is he sells it again. So I think what he's done is start a bunch of relatively successful, if like middling like he's not you know he's not double click he's he's not i can't think of something single that ad network off the top of my head now but not one of the big ones he's big enough and then they say okay well fine we'll buy you for an amount of money and so he makes a bunch of money and then kind of go do the next thing and i think this thing is his kind of next project which is he wants to do it he wants to run a new site so here's a couple things one the main flagship twitter account here that we're talking about bnn breaking 320,000 followers as of recording time this week for us. Basically, uh, since since 2015, BNN Breaking has been going, and it's unclear why it's still going, if it was just going to be a thing where they were going to flip it. I don't think it's, it's intended as a flip. Like, I think that he is trying to build a thing here. Like, that's what it reads like to me. Uh, he He's trying to make an interesting good thing but obviously you know his speciality is ad networks not newsrooms and so as a result he's doing a slightly odd version of it he has clearly made a bunch of money he's been profiled he's you know sold a bunch of things and he now has this news network which i think he is trying to build i can't what throws me is i can't really see anyone working on it which like makes me think that he has two or three people kind of doing it rather than the, the sort of scale of team that it would need to do it well. So here's okay. So here's what's really confusing to me, and what I can't figure out. So is BNN connected to BNO? Because the BNN newsroom account is saying that they are the same. So in April of this year, BNN Newsroom tweeted a whole thread re that reads, Today we're launching a partnership with Madriva to improve and continue our COVID coverage. We want to be transparent, so we want to explain why and what this means exactly. BNO News was one of the first to cover the coronavirus outbreak more than two years ago. Our small team spent countless hours to gather news and data, especially during the first year, and without any profit. This week, Madriva Life reached out to us and offered their help. Their message was simple. Don't change your coverage. Just continue to do what you're doing. And then the BNN Newsroom account has tweeted like multiple times that like it's the same team. Yeah, they're also sharing extremely similar stuff, which, you know, again, maybe just because they are it's like finding the same things, but it does look linked. And in June... BNN, yeah, in June, BNN Newsroom tweeted that the team at BNO Desk and BNN Breaking is the, remains the same. Okay, so he's just got another account then. I don't, I, I truly don't understand how these accounts are connected because BNO News has a website, it has a Patreon, it has a Ko-Fi, it has a, 
an address that lists it as being in the Netherlands. It says that it's incorporated in the Netherlands. Yeah. It has ads, which would explain like some of the money stuff that we're kind of wondering about. But I don't, there's no, there's no writers. It's just, it, it's just a, a BNO news bylines. And it's like your tip. It's like the sites that we talk about all the time on this show, which are just like ghost news sites. But I can't get any coherent thing explaining the relationship between BNO and BNN. I couldn't get any coherent thing explaining what either of them are. I'm so confused. Honestly, this is the weirdest one yet. I, like, I don't understand what they're trying to do. As of May, Chalal's account was sharing BNO tweets. Okay. Quote, tweeting, and sharing BNO tweets. But I don't see anything from the BNO account, which is also 380,000 followers, about it being connected to BNN. No, yeah, it's never tweeted about BNN. So I'm just having a really tough time understanding, are they the same? And if so, is just BNN another attempt at build? Because the BNO account's been around for a while. It's, yeah, the, the BNO account's been around since 2010. Yeah. So NBC News, okay, I didn't, I, didn't ima- I didn't imagine this. So NBC News acquired BNO News in 2009. 2009? Yeah. It won a Shorty Award. Okay. And it's headquartered in the Netherlands. What? So is, is, is this a thing where like BNO News is real and then BNN News is meant to look like BNO News? And they're like... So I've, I've found another account from a, I think, Swedish German journalist, maybe it's German journalist, who reckons that the old account BNO Desk was renamed BNN Breaking, and then the new account BNO Desk was created. So they flipped all the followers from BNO to BNN, and then restarted BNO. Is that what happened? That's so confusing. This is, this is honestly such a rat's nest. It's so confusing. Yeah. Was BNO a real outlet? It was. So, okay. So the story with BNO News, it, it, it was started by Michael Van Poppel in uh, 2007. It uh, was a Twitter service that used to be called Breaking News. It was then acquired by NBC in 2009. Uh, it was kind of turned into like a Newswire service. It won a Shorty Award. Yeah. It then launched a website for its content in 2015, and then it created a Twitter account for COVID-19 called BNO Newsroom in 2020. It had a coronavirus tracker, all the rest of it. But if you go to the website, it's like absolutely sketchy, and there's no people on it. Okay, so someone created, Michael Van Poppel created a wire service called Breaking News. Yes. Under the company Breaking News On, or BNO News. Yes. MSNBC, in, in 2010, it looks like, or 2000, uh, no, 2009, so end of 2009, took over the Breaking News account, because the Breaking News thing was like, we have too much stuff, and this is a big account. But then BNO News, as an organization, carried on, so it ended up just being BNO News. But at some point, BNO News became BNN News. No, no. I, 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 but if they must, they are, they are the same. BNO News has four hundred thousand followers. BNN, BNN Newsroom has three hundred twenty thousand. 
What? Why? Is... <laughs> I can't figure it out. I truly cannot figure out what it is we're looking at. So, like, you know, as of two weeks ago, BNO Desk had a monkeypox tracker. It was linked to BNO News, which is the Twitter account that's, that's existed since 2010. It links to a website called bnonews.com in which there are no human beings writing for it. Yeah. Unrelated comment. Why are all of these accounts verified? I think I understand what happened here. What? Okay. So the Twitter account that Michael Van Poppel created, Breaking News is owned by NBC. It has 9.6 million followers, and it links to NBC's website, yep. which is breakingnews.com. It still exists. I'm looking at it right now. And it's been around since May 2007, which is exactly when the BNO sure. Wikipedia article says that it was started by Michael Van Poppel. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so the BNO News Twitter account says it was started in September 2010. It links to a site called BNO News, which doesn't appear to have any affiliation with NBC, which you'd think that, you know, it would say that if it did. It was doing a COVID tracker, a monkeypox tracker, but it doesn't appear to be anything other than almost the exact same tweets as what's happening on the other account, which is BNN breaking which was started five years later in 2015. And I'm seeing lots of people desperately trying to find out what the connection is between these two accounts because they seem to tweet almost the same stuff. They have very similar color schemes. And BNO Desk responded to a Twitter thread from BNN Breaking in April saying that BNO News is still 100% independent, but Madriva will support our work, but they don't own BNO. Our team is still the one updating the trackers that they have. But they are working together, and they're both being supported by Madriva, and Madriva is Chalal's website, which is part of his company, ProcureNet. Yes, I, okay, yes, I agree with all of that. <laughs> I just... This is utterly wild. <laughs> I Typically, in this part of the show, I would do like, okay, here's, here's everything we know. But honestly, I don't know anything. This is so confusing. So, well, let me try. Where, do, you, do, you, do you have anything else to add before we try to do like a, a recap no, I, here? I, just I, to sort I, of... I think... Oh, God. Um, I think... I think that he is guy who was became legitimately very wealthy. Yes. Was ousted from his companies and polite society after his conviction for domestic abuse. He apparently was on Oprah at one point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. According according to his website, he was featured on yeah. websites such as Oprah and Men's Health. And as a res- after that, he has then clearly been trying to make his way back in. And this, as a result, we have these websites, these blogs, these growth hacked accounts that are just not, I don't know, I don't know. 
Go for it. Go. Do do what you've got. I I am unable to add anything at this point. I'm so confused. Okay. So, I, mean, I just want to look at one more thing here just to get a clearer picture. Let me see if I can do this. All right. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> okay. Gurbash Chahal is an entrepreneur. Okay. He started an ad network. He sold it for $40 million. He co-founded a bunch of companies. He was like 30 under 30, all kinds of stuff. In 2013, he was charged with domestic violence. He was uh, he got probation for it, uh, pled not guilty. He founded a company called ProcureNet in 2020. It supplies pharmaceuticals. Uh, it was big in like COVID-19 vaccine stuff. He has a foundation. So I, I'm, I'm unsure exactly what it did during that period, we should say. Like I, I'm just yeah, I'm just going by like what this stuff says it does. Part of ProcureNet is a company called Madriva. Madriva has a uh, a newsroom essentially, which is full of staff writer byline list articles about COVID response, and it is partnered with a organization called BNN. Okay. BNN has hundreds of affiliate Twitter accounts in different languages, kind of all doing the same thing. The biggest of these accounts is BNN Breaking. BNN Breaking is like your typical Twitter news wire. It just tweets headlines, pictures, videos, just whatever's out there, it sort of aggregates it all together. It doesn't really link to anything other than the BNN Network website. The BNN Network website is just the Madriva website. So it's just, it's sort of, that's the loop there. But it says right in the bio that it was founded by Chal and it links to a bunch of other BNN accounts. So here's, th- th- that that we sort of have down. That's 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 solid. Okay, here's where things get complicated. In April, the BNN Breaking Twitter account tweeted a long thread saying that they were launching a partnership with Madriva, which I'm going off of just like what I'm reading on different websites here. Madriva seems to be part of ProcureNet, which is owned by Chalal. So Chalal and Madriva and ProcureNet, this is all his stuff, okay? So they explain that they're launching a partnership with Madriva. They're going to expand their COVID coverage. They explain that Part of this means that they're connecting with BNO News. BNO News is branded to look exactly like a company that was created in 2007 by Michael Van Poppel. It was a Twitter service that was very similar to these Newswire accounts called Breaking News. It was uh, created out of the Netherlands. It was acquired by NBC, it won awards, and the Breaking News Twitter account still exists. It's at Breaking News, it has 9.6 million followers, and breakingnews.com links to NBC, okay? What I can't figure out is the relationship currently between the BNO News Twitter accounts and NBC. From what I can tell, there isn't one. Because BNONews.com has no mention of NBC anywhere. 
it links to a Patreon and a Ko-Fi. And I'm going to bet that NBC is not using Patreon and like digital tip jars to fund their news coverage. Okay. Yeah. Also, there's a, a BNO News Facebook page, which was created in 2009. It says that it, it's uh, run by two people in the Netherlands, one person in Mexico, and one person in the United States. The BNO News Room Twitter account in April responded to BNN News's Twitter thread about partnering and wrote, "The BNO News is still 100% independent. Madriva will support our work, but they don't own BNO." Our team is still the one updating the various COVID and monkeypox trackers. Right. I agree with all of that, and I don't think we've learned anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everything that I'm looking at is like, I'm like, yeah, no, sure, okay, that makes sense. And then it doesn't. And then there's nothing there. So BNN breaking isn't verified. BNO news is verified. But they're more or less the same account. They have slightly different logos, but they're both like red with white text. They don't appear to be affiliated. No, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say like they're definitely not affiliated with NBC. Like by 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 there's there's no way there's no way it's possible. So I get I guess I just don't understand like how this happened and how these accounts have like in inserted themselves into all of this. What I really want to know is what I would expect when I see an account like this is I go to their website, I see the news stories, you copy and paste a random uh, segment of their news stories and you find the original source for it because they didn't write it themselves. All of these are written by someone. I mean, the phrasing is weird. I, it, I, I wonder a little bit if they've been translated, but I cannot find an original source for these stories in terms of like, they are not ripping off people's copy, which is very rare. No, no, no. They, they are, they're originally written. Like people, someone is writing them. I don't know who is writing them. And like, when I search any of this stuff, what's also like not really helpful is I'm getting tweets being like, there, there must be some kind of nefarious reason this is happening or whatever, whatever is being built here isn't good. Or like, the, you know, some kind of astroturfing campaign. And I want to be really clear. There's nothing actually interesting about any of the, these accounts. Like they're not doing anything nefarious. Like, as you said, they're, they're writing like fairly basic news boilerplate and tweeting it out. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole game here. And only one of these accounts, which is unclear how related it is to the whole operation is verified. And that one has a website that has ads on it, but like, that's it. There's no, I don't see anything unless we're just like missing a huge piece of this, which is possible, but, but they are, they are making mistakes. It should be said like the true Marjorie Taylor green thing that they quote tweeted, which seems to have been the thing. The original tweet said that the Pentagon had said that it would make all laws striking down all trigger law would it would stop all tri- trigger laws around Roe v. Wade from actually happening, which was just it was it was a misinterpretation of what they said and it was badly phrased and all that sort of stuff. And that was then the one that was picked up, and that seems to have been a genuine mistake. Which is, you know, it doesn't seem like the first one that they've made, but at the same time, it's like they're tweeting an awful lot and they're doing a lot of stuff, and it doesn't surprise me they've got one of these things wrong. Yeah, and I like I saw someone else be like, they're just trying to like farm your rage, and it's like, 
nah, bro. Like that's just like that's just news. Like you're just reacting to the news. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just if that's making you angry, like that's just those these are just headlines. These are like extremely anodyne headlines. I saw another like accusation that this was some kind of right wing thing, but I don't even get that. If it was a right wing thing, why would they come out so aggressively against Marjorie Taylor Greene? I think it's I think it's a guy trying to make a news thing. For what purpose, I'm not clear. But that seems to be what it is. Yeah, so it's a it's a guy who owns pharmaceutical companies. Maybe, maybe. I'm not convinced about like the pharmaceutical companies bit is actually the bit that I'm most suspicious of. Well, you're suspicious that the pharmaceutical companies exist? Kinda. I mean, do you think I, I, I look I, look look cards cards on the table. I am not qualified to tell someone whether or not I'm, I'm, I don't know what is required for like medical supplies companies. Like, but like I just all all the versions of these. Madriva. The only thing that Madriva seems to have said is that they have created a a very good rapid antigen test for COVID. But all of the versions of this have come from either PR Newswire or ProcureNet's own things, and they have been syndicated onto other sites. So I don't. So we really know if they've like there is a I mean this they do seem to have submitted some stuff to the Australian government to say we have a COVID test. I, so I looked it up on on LinkedIn. There are there are past employees of ProcureNet. I can't find any active current employees of ProcureNet, but I'm finding all kinds of like former buyers and analysts for ProcureNet, people who were buying COVID nineteen supplies for ProcureNet. So I, I think it's very possible that like this was an operation that was created at the height of the pandemic as a way to source COVID testing materials. That sounds eminently possible, yes. And I think it's also very possible that someone who was running that kind of business would become interested in COVID trackers and now monkeypox trackers. So that sort of explains, I think, that that link there. As for why this like very wealthy man, if he is as wealthy as his website claims him to be, why is he spending all day on Twitter running like essentially a vaporware newsroom? And more importantly, why is it so popular? You say this like it's not exactly what you would do if you suddenly became very wealthy. If I became very wealthy, I would do what the Winklevoss twins do and I would start a horrible journey <laughs> cover band. That's what I would do. I think this whole thing is a very interesting statement on how broken Twitter is in a way that like on this show, we talk a lot about how Facebook is fundamentally broken because nobody knows where anything's coming from or who's making the videos they're consuming or like where posts are being shared to. It's just like a totally fucked up landscape. I think what we're kind of uncovering over the last couple episodes is that like Twitter is super broken in a way that like people are kind of ignoring, but like, you know, 300,000 people are getting some part of their news diet from this account that appears to just be like a weird man's passion project. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like more things are broken than that. But yes, broadly speaking, that is that is that is what I see. And like the idea that there is a, a, a verified Twitter account that may or may not be connected to a Twitter account that used to be owned by NBC or still is or something like like. Basically, like I sort of, I have sort of operated under the assumption for a decade now that if something is verified on Twitter, there's like a good reason why it's verified, and I can kind of 
I can kind of trust it. But like we spent we spent an hour tonight trying to figure out who owns this verified news account and whether or not it's connected to this other news account. And we have no ability to do that. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, this the big failure here does actually seem to be Twitter. If there is a failure, again, I don't know if there's a failure. Like, what is the difference between, uh, uh, like, okay, if you take politics for all as the progenitor of this sort of thing, should politics for all have been verified or not? I don't know. I can't even remember if it was verified. I don't know. Because, like, what what's the difference between something that is an invalid news source and a valid news source? I don't know. I, okay, hold on. So the BNO, I keep coming back to this, the BNO news account, the, the, the one that was acquired by NBC in 2007 went viral because it was able to obtain authentic footage of Osama bin Laden. It licensed it to Reuters. It was a whole thing. I, I, about I, it I think that that version is like entirely separate. But what I'm what I'm saying is, let me finish. What I'm saying is, the verified BNO news account that I'm currently looking at that has 380,000 followers was created in 2010. So it can't be that account. It just can't. No. So Michael Van Michael Michael Van Poppel is still retweeting BNO news. What? What? <laughs> also, Michael Van Poppel is 32, which means he sold that really? damn thing to NBC when he was 20. Not even. Yeah, not even. So, okay, wait. So Michael Van Poppel's Twitter account says that he's the founder of BNO News, which is the one that's partnered with BNN News. He's also the founder of Breaking News, which is part of NBC News. Oh, my God. So BNO News, which is not the is not the breaking super news. famous one, which is not breaking news, partnered in April with BNN News, which appears to be sort of a, an account that was created like seven years ago to look like BNO News. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also he like this guy is also retweeting like emergency oh, uh, What is happening here? Michael Van Poppel is affiliated with. BNN news in some way. Yeah, because he's sharing BNN news. Yeah. Like tweets. But none of these news sites, other than the one that was acquired by NBC, none of these news accounts, none of these like projects have any writers attached to them. They don't, it's not clear what's going on or why. It, it's, it's like, it's exactly the kind of rot that we would see on Facebook, but it's been going on on Twitter for like almost a decade. Yeah, it's like, I'm so confused. There is something going on. I'm not even sure if there's something going on. I'm pretty sure if, okay, let me try one more summary and then and then we, we I, I got to leave this because my, my computer's overheating from the amount of tabs that I have over <laughs> right now. Here, here, here's my last attempt at a summary. The BNN News account was started in 2015 by the weird rich guy. The BNO news account was started in 2010 after Michael Van Poppel sold his original BNO account to NBC. Okay. So he created another one, BNO news, which has been running for 12 years. BNO news doesn't really have any writers. It links to a website that's supported by Patreon but it's just like kind of humming along. It's got like 300,000 followers and it's doing the same stuff that Michael Van Poppel was doing, you know, almost 15 years ago. 
during the pandemic, it got very good at doing case tracking. And it started to get like a lot of followers and attention because of case tracking. Uh, which without, then without, caused... without being too fine upon it, I think that we should also flag that like a lot of places were doing this case tracking at the time. And I think that I think this is actually a legacy of a lot of panic at the start of the pandemic, which means that a lot of these accounts picked on a lot of followers that they were not necessarily ready for. And Politics for All had the exact same storyline that the pandemic just turbocharged it because everyone was so hungry for news. And right. Yeah. But then Chahal reached out to BNO News and partnered with them through his pharmaceutical supplies company, Madriva, which is part of ProcureNet. That's what's happening here. I think so. I mean, according to according to their accounts and their websites, that's that's the that's the official line. You know, it's not. I'm not even like doing a conspiracy thing here. Like that seems to be what's what, what these accounts are telling people is going on. Yeah, but it's. It's super weird. This is this is honestly one of the more weird and confusing things we've ever looked at. This is super strange. Yeah, I I I, I think we may have to put a pin in that just because I am bluntly struggling to unpick more than this. But what's funny is that like I don't think there is more than this, Luke. I think these are just like a bunch of people who like building news accounts on Twitter, and like they're not like the most above board people. But like, I don't actually think there's anything particularly nefarious going on. I don't see a political slant. I don't no. see any scammy business practices. It's a lot of unsourced, kind of poorly written news that goes out really fast. But I don't even see like an attempt to cash in on it immediately. It's just the inherent weirdness of Twitter kind of like facing back at us. It's like looking into the void and this is what the void looks like on Twitter. Yeah, there's no, there's no one there saying that they want to... They're not trying to sell NFTs. They're not. It just it seems fine, which is which is the weirdest part of it. It's like that's it's, the creepy. It's part. vaguely. Really it's just like part. a vaguely yeah. spammy news account. Which is like, all right, yeah, that's the creepiest thing. Is that like I can't figure out what the scam is. <laughs> yeah. Other than just like Twitter clout, which I you know I mean I guess to a point it's useful, but you'd think you'd start to use the Twitter count for whatever nefarious scheme you had once you reached like a hundred thousand followers yeah just have a scheme where is your scheme like imagine doing imagine running an account of this size for like almost a decade and not triggering whatever crazy scheme you have just you just keep doing it like this is the scheme yeah. to just have a popular news account which is crazy because like, <laughs> like it's the most thankless horrible thing i can imagine spending your day doing this i just yeah run your scam man what are... <laughs> hi there it's ryan from the future again all right so i'll make this kind of quick or at least as quick as i can on wednesday after we recorded Business Insider uh, did a great story titled Twitter permanently suspends scores of, quote, news accounts under the company BNN founded by Gurbash Chahal, former tech CEO convicted of battery. According to Insider, the accounts were all part of the BNN network and they were suspended by Twitter due to their spam policy. The BNN breaking account, the one we talked about this week, is back as of Thursday when I'm recording this, but they only have 137 
followers. So they've lost a considerable amount of their audience. We also have a few more details about the relationship between BNN and BNO, which, as you just heard, caused us quite a bit of uh, anguish trying to pull apart. So BNO Desk, the Twitter account we talked about, tweeted a thread on June 28th, and they wrote, A lot has happened during the last few days, and we want to give everyone an update to explain the current situation. Earlier this year, we launched a fundraiser to continue our COVID news coverage. A company reached out to us with an offer to support and expand our work. Their stated goal was a collaboration to provide accurate COVID data around the world. Initially, there were only minimal changes, and our team helped to post COVID data for countries around the world. However, the account was eventually renamed BNN Breaking as they planned to launch a news website later this month. Without BNO's involvement or endorsement, the account was used for practices that violated Twitter's terms of service, included mass following and mass retweeting, or something that Luke and I refer to as tweet decking. BNN also posted inaccurate information on multiple occasions. As a result, we ended our agreement on Tuesday afternoon and regained full control over the account, which we temporarily moved to BNO News Temp. Later in the day, all 200-plus BNN-affiliated accounts were suspended for violating Twitter's spam policy. Unfortunately, our Twitter account was caught up in the mass suspension of BNN-affiliated accounts, even though our team had already regained full control. We're currently trying to reach out to Twitter to clarify this. Since our launch in 2007, BNO News has strived to provide accurate and unbiased breaking news and will continue to do so. We're sorry for letting down our followers, and we'll do our best to answer any questions. So that's that's what BNO said about all of this. Meanwhile, the BNN breaking account is back, and it also has tweeted some things. So in a thread that went up Thursday morning, it wrote, Important message regarding this week's events. A media troll campaign coordinated by Business Insider this week targeted all of the BNN breaking accounts in the hopes of shutting down our global Twitter news accounts. Our legal teams and Twitter have been informed of next steps, and we will take all legal precautions to protect BNN breaking from any future attacks by media campaigns. Then there was some tweet in this thread that was deleted. Then it goes on to write, separately, we understand why Michael Van Poppel was targeted by this same media troll horde and why he hijacked the main account in hopes of saving it or whatever he was thinking. As a result, the old BNN breaking, we will not recover and have started this new account. We also helped with the verification of the BNO news desk, which we will now remove. I don't know what that means. To be clear, you may engage in bullying or other inappropriate behavior with BNO news, but you will never be able to do so again at BNN breaking without facing legal repercussions. We sincerely apologize for the confusion this week. We'd be lying if we said we had any idea this was going to happen. Thank you all for your support and patience. We will resume all in uppercase reporting shortly. To be clear, uh, Luke and I are not bullying this account. We are just trying to understand what's going on. I just want to make that really clear. So it's not all of the answers we were looking for, but definitely more of the answers than we had when we finished recording. We always hate leaving these episodes in a state where you don't have all of the information. So uh, there you go. All right, back to the show. Hey, Luke. Have you consumed any content to stay sane this week?
Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the Adam Sandler film Hustle, which I really enjoyed. Ooh, it's really good. I watched it. I liked it. Okay, good. We can talk about that. How about you? What content have you consumed to stay sane? I want to talk about the third season of Umbrella Academy. All right. Awesome. Let's go to our other podcast. Let's go to our other podcast, which you can check out at thecontentminds.com. Uh, you can subscribe for bonus minisodes. I want to thank our editor, Seven Morris, for editing this week's show and the lovely soundscapes that are hitting your ear holes. And particularly this week's, because this week's has yeah. a tr- I ap- challenging through line. I apologize in advance. Um, also, I want to thank the Blank Check Pod for uh, making a mention of me this week, which was based on a conversation you and I had about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I, I didn't even notice it happened. It, it, I got some messages about it. Uh, I have not made it through their, their Raimi marathon yet enough to hear this yet, but I'm very excited. But yeah, it was part of our conversation about how uh, Multiverse of Madness takes place, in, uh, the, the alternate dimension in it takes place in a world where there's no Tony Stark. And so they kind of go through our theory, which I thought was fun. Oh, right. The, and, and how the, the, uh, the other Multiverse the UK one, all that stuff. Exactly. Go yeah, on. I put it in a thread, and they cited the thread. It was a whole fun thing. So thank you, thank you to the blank check pod and the blankies for uh, for for listening t- uh, to this show. If if we have any blankies listening right now, thank you very much. That that's the the fandom for that show. We don't have a fun fandom name for our fandom. <sighs> I don't think we should do that. The miners probably. Oh God, no, that's awful. Let's call. You know what we should call our, our fans? The unpaid interns. <laughs> Every content mine. Every content mine needs an army of unpaid interns to make posts. So, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.